It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're in need of a property insurance partner to help your business remain resilient, FM Global is the perfect choice. We employ science, data, and research to help assist you in making informed risk mitigation decisions. We will collaborate with you to identify and reduce risks linked to natural disasters while providing solutions that promote a more sustainable future. Let's prepare to prosper. My name is Lance Laster. My name is Kevante Chillis. And after eight seasons on television, it's finally time to talk about all the things that make Arrow, Arrow. Welcome to Always Hold On to Arrow, the podcast that talks about all the things that make Arrow, Arrow. I'm Lance. And I'm Kev. What's up? How you doing? I'm making it, man. I'm making it. I'm making it. How are you doing? Same, but you know, it's 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 getting harder and harder by the day to do so, you know. Um, <laughs> but we're going to keep trucking along. We're going to keep firing our arrows because uh, that's all we can all we can do. I thought we jumped ahead to season three or something. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's always harder and harder to get through. <laughs> Yeah, real life is, is not starting to be. Yeah, no, real life is starting to be like Arrow season three and four. If Ooh, you know what man. I mean. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, what's on the docket for tonight? We are going to be your once and future Black Kings because we are talking about the Merlins. Yes. <laughs> See, that's a deep cut for some people, but th- I think that was pretty clever. <laughs> I just came up with that too. I'm with it. I'm 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 for it. I'm for it. Yeah, the Merlins, man. Uh, this is this is Tommy and Malcolm Merlin. Uh, characters i knew nothing about before the show started <laughs> all so good. Uh, all my experience with these characters and once again i'm just saying for all the people here are super comic guys i know y'all probably hate me already because i don't know what i'm talking about but i like this tv show so uh, <laughs> this is my first and only experience of having these characters yeah well i honestly for for a lot of us that have not like read you know green arrow comics exclusively this was the second time that we've we've seen a dark archer on screen because the first time we saw it was in one smallville episode yes that, right? that that's it that's all i had <laughs> and that's all we had that's all and, i had and so you know it, like the decision to include him in this first season makes sense because that's typically what you know a lot of these shows do like they start off with 
you know, either the iconic villain or the villain that mirrors the hero in a lot of ways. So like if you yes. look at, you know, you look at the MCU, like all the first movies are basically like that. Like the the bad guy is a bad version of the good guy. There's one thing I didn't notice that until I was sitting Ant-Man. And I was like, wait a second. I see a trend here. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. And in this case, like, you know, it's like we have a good archer. Now we have a bad archer. You know, Flash yeah. season one, we have a good speedster. And we also have a bad speedster. But, mm. you know, it comes with the territory. And if you do yeah. it well, it's fine. Um, It's just, you know, yes. a thing to kind of like be like, well, they did that, but it works. So not really necessarily going to complain. It's like in sports when people are like, well, that was a risky move. And if you, if, if, if it didn't work, you're, you know, they were going to get killed by like, you know, the media fans, you know, opposing players, teams, all that other type of stuff. But, Man, you know, you're you know, that's start. You made about me start calling out coach Vrabel. <laughs> <laughs> that dude is a king of making risk and they just not working out. <laughs> hey man, at, who would, would you rather have Bill O'Brien? No. See, no, see, thank count, you. Count, count your, count your <laughs> blessings. They are consider them counted. Malcolm Merlin, Tommy Merlin. We're going to go through their characters and uh, yeah. what we like about them and things about that. Uh, we've touched on them quite a bit up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already discussed how this, they had one of the greatest reveal twists that these two are related. Yeah. Um, because that was just well done. And it's so funny that as I was viewing, preparing for this episode, watching episodes exclusively where they're both interacting, like they very much look like a father and son. I don't know the age difference between them, but man, they did a great job in that casting. It's very true. Very true. I, you know, I, and that's the thing, like I like the casting, right? And especially because yes. like, you know, Barrowman, who was already famous, you're right, for doing other, yeah. you know, genre programming. But, you know, it, it w- before he was revealed to be the Dark Archer, I had no idea that it was him, right? Yes. They, they did a great job with that. I mean, like, you know, talking about our other TW era of our shows, I mean, like, we all knew that, you know, Wheelchair Wells, Wells was somebody. Like, like, yeah. Like, like, it was pretty obvious. And I don't know if they wanted to make the viewer be confused, but they did a great job of holding out to the very last second. I mean, literally, yes. he revealed it to the, to the audience that he is the Dark Archer, and that was mm-hmm. well done. It was. I agree. And all of his, his initial appearances... I was I was down with. I liked the mystery behind it. I liked how mm-hmm. he didn't have a name necessarily. It was just like this yes. this ominous looking rich, you know, white business dude that's meeting with yes. Moria and you could tell that he was scary and you could tell that he was that she was scared of him, right? That he was in charge of something and you know, cuz like after the first episode we're like what is Mortar into? But then as a couple episodes move on and you see her meeting secretly with this dude, it's like, "Oh, this guy has more power than her." So yes. what's his deal? And then you get the reveal that that this guy is Tommy's dad. And so it because mm-hmm. we'd seen a lot of Tommy prior to like really getting to see him, which again, yes. good on the good on the staff for the show of giving us feeding us a lot of Tommy early. So and like he, Tommy's the exact opposite of how how his father is. Like yeah. Tommy especially early on, Tommy is, you know, happy go lucky super quippy uh borderline douchey <laughs> you know yeah i mean we, we we've already come across how much i did not like that guy in the beginning yeah like, I, didn't I, think, I think i think in our pilot review i just kind of trashed him yeah and i shouldn't have because at to this point that we are now in the season where he's like starting to get his little like five o'clock shadow angry tommy that's what yeah. I'm like, oh, i i get why everyone likes this guy so much he was he like he was great as the season progressed, he ended up showing us that he had a whole lot of depth. Yes. He was more than just 
whatever we saw of him at the beginning of the show, which I give them again, I give, you know, the people that worked on the show a whole lot of credit and Colin Donnell for making this character a real person instead of a caricature of a person. The thing that I really like about these two characters and what the show did with them was that a lot of viewers like to consider themselves smart TV watchers. And Mm -hmm. a lot of us are, and a lot of us can see things coming from a mile ahead, right? Yes. You can see things coming. So when you meet this character, you're like, okay, he's a douchey friend. There's going to be Oliver's tied to his past. All right. He has a thing for Laurel. Here comes the CW love triangle. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. All right. Well, obviously, he's going to become the Dark Archer because he's going to be scorned. Yeah. Because Oliver's going to end up with Laurel and his best friend's going to turn on him. And it's going to be this great epic best friend duel. And it's like, no, that didn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. And you were like, what? Okay, well, okay, well, his dad, yeah, surely his dad, okay, his dad may be the Dark Archer now, but eventually he's going to teach everyone everything he knows, especially there's an episode where Oliver and Tommy have their falling out. Yeah. And he goes to his dad and he's like, I need a job. Yes. And his dad just hugs him. And I know. That's what I, was, I remember being like, oh man, here comes his turn. But uh-huh. he doesn't. He doesn't. To the yep. show's credit, they held that in. Mm-hmm. And it made you once, you know, <clears throat> spoilers, once Tommy dies. It made you want him back because you're like, he had so much left to do. Yes. And it actually mattered that he died. You're like, oh, no. Like, you know, it, it felt like a, it was a shock. You, you weren't expecting anyone to die in the end of season one. Yeah. And and, and then and, Tommy does. And and if you were expecting people to die, you weren't expecting it to be Tommy. No, no, no. Especially after especially after Malcolm gets the arrow. You're like, okay, cool. So yep. Oliver is going to know now that he killed his dad and, the, and like it, 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 it's, it wrote itself, but they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really glad they didn't agree because Malcolm Merlin ends up being an amazing character who they hold maybe too long, but um, yeah, that's, he, was, that's, he was interesting why he, why he was there. That's an interesting point with, with Malcolm because Malcolm does stick around a little bit too long. Yeah. Across multiple shows and everything. But like the way he's used in season one it's perfect. It's the perfect yeah. amount in this recipe that is Arrow season one. Uh, he's not. He has not overstayed his welcome just yet. Because after you, after it's revealed he's the Dark Archer, you know when you see him, you're like, oh man, we get to see the Dark Archer this episode, and that's mm-hmm. why I used to get pumped because the Dark Archer is a very cool character. Yeah, he yeah. dominates Oliver. We went over that in the in our previous episode, but I mean, Tommy, Tommy's good. Malcolm is an interesting character that I actually got behind his reasons. I like that in one of the scenes with him and Robert Queens, a flashback, he and all the other like elites mm-hmm. are talking about, I think it's the episode, the undertaking where they're talking yeah. about um, what to do. And like, Robert's like, he kind of always had a God complex, but like, this is a little too far. And so like mm-hmm. he, yeah, that's the best way to describe this dude. Like he, like he has a legitimate gripe, but he's looking at it from a God complex of what can I do to fix it? Yeah, And we don't even know how he is able to do the things he does. It's not until season two that we learn about where he was even trained. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where he becomes like the ultimate awesome character for me. Well, we find we find out like all we need, like we find out like just a little bit of a nugget in, in season one. Like they, mm. they drop the they drop Nanda Parbat on us. Right? Yes. But you're right. It's yes. not until season two where we actually get any elaboration on any of that. And once again, uh. Once again, the reason I didn't know is because I didn't know what Nanda Parbat was. Calm down, everyone. Calm down. <laughs> don't don't stop the podcast. That's why Lance is here. Okay? That's why Lance is here. I'm learning too. We all have to start somewhere. That is true. And I'm starting now at 32 years old. It's all good. All Never right. too late. Okay. Never too late. 
Never. I almost started singing a song. Thank God. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we're not there yet. Look, 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 look. Lance and I, we're getting there, but we're not Zach and Lance duet yet. Okay. I don't know not if quite. he goes high or low. We don't. We don't know yet. We haven't it's gotten true. that chemistry. We're still working on that. Um, no, but Malcolm, his wife is killed. It's mm-hmm. disturbing. He has a voice message of it, and he listens yeah. to it like horrible. He has a tragic situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even Tommy, um, Tommy lost his mom. And there's an episode where he's starting to flesh out and you're starting to see that Tommy is more than just, you know, douchey party guy where he's telling this other kid who lost his parent. Hey, man, if you want to see your mom, just close your eyes. I do it all the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, wow, it's deep. It's hard. And then you have Malcolm. He's like, well, what we're doing. And he, it's weird because he was trying to do the right thing at first. Correct. He was like trying to help the police, like it's security. Like he was doing everything. He's like, this isn't working. So I'm just going to destroy it. Yeah. And that's, and you that's know. where we run into a problem. <laughs> and that's where he becomes super villain. But he does such a great job of like holding back. Like he, he's very reserved in his like performance until he like talks about what, what makes him pissed. Yeah. And then you see him like ramp up to like where he's just like yelling. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. It is. He's very well. No, he's just he's, he's just he's just a fun bad guy. He's not uh he's not campy, he's not corny for me. Mm-hmm. And uh no, he's just he's just overall he's just overall done well. And I am still surprised that um Tommy ends up being the lesser of these two characters as far as like their impact. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know, it's Let's talk about these these two and the and their interactions that they have mm-hmm. together because it because it changes and evolves over the course of the first season. So yes. like we all like at the beginning when it's Tommy and Oliver talking, Tommy will mention like oh my father blah blah blah. He's just kind of mentioned either in jest or oh yeah, yeah. I don't want to don't want to mess with your dad that type of t- type of thing. Uh, same thing when Laurel's around, and then yeah. we'll, then when we actually meet him. He is we we meet him in the same one of the the same way that we uh that we see an early version of Lex Luthor right like or Lionel <laughs> Luthor like they're fencing right they're fencing what is, what is it with rich people in fencing like uh, I don't know but like he's just fencing is it just and is I it like a sign of elitism like to- <laughs> I guess so I I guess so I mean it would be like it'd be weird to see him like you know boxing another guy but like yeah no because fencing who, who does fencing. I, I think of like snobby, like wealthy European people. That's okay. my thought as my very lowbrow American understanding of things. Mm-hmm. But like, it just kind of fits. Yeah. It just seems like an elite thing to do. Fencing. Okay. And the CW likes to use that because they, I mean, so t- he's, he's fencing and their relationship from the get go is I'm embarrassed that you're my son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because at a time we don't know, but this man is like a lethally trained maniacal maniac who has his son just goofing off and, you know, drinking, drinking and chasing girls, yeah. which, you know, to a guy like Malcolm Merlin is like the, the last ultimate. thing you should be doing with your life. Yeah. It's like the ultimate insult for somebody yeah. like, like that. And, and, and to his credit, sort of, but like, he doesn't just allow it like Robert Queen did, you know, yes. with, with Oliver. He cuts Tommy off and that kind of sets Tommy on it changes his life it, sh- it, it you know it completely like derails his his world and it, it forces him to to grow up yeah which is which is what you know Merlin wanted to begin with but yes. it's it's unusual to see something like this like on a TV show right and like 
and to Tommy's credit as a character, he does just that. Yeah, immediately. He doesn't spend a lot of time. Oh, man, I don't have my money anymore. Like, he was just like, oh, like he was actually embarrassed to even ask Oliver, his other rich friend, to help him out. He was like, I yeah. have to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And already, if you're just watching this as a TV show, you're like, well, that's that's unexpected of him. It this is. dude was only identified as a rich, wealthy guy. And now he has none of that. And he really wants to work his self up and yeah. build himself back up. And that's you can see that, that makes yeah, him likable. Like, you could tell that he has some actual pride, you know, that yeah. like he, he, you know, wants to, you know, com- accomplish things on his own and like, you know, kind of be his own man, which is why he gets mad at Laurel for bringing up uh, the thing at the dinner with, uh, with Oliver and Huntress. Um, I still, <laughs> I still maintain that that was Laurel's fault for that entire yes. thing. Uh, yes. Because she was angry. There, we're going to touch on a couple things that Laurel does wrong in their relationship as this goes on. <laughs> Talking about Tommy Merlin. Um, as I watch these episodes, I get it. I, I, I used, I used to watching the show the first time. I was like, man, Tommy just needs to chill out, man. Like, you know, but like now, like I'm watching this again, like now Tommy was very justified in everything that he was exposed to and had to deal with mm-hmm. the way he handled it. And his end is kind of like, I mean, it's tragic. Really. It is. It is. But um, Party Boy gets cut off, decides to make something of himself, um, doesn't want to go to his rich friends, wants to find a job without asking for any help, but eventually does mm-hmm. because this is uh, Oliver Queen's club, Verdant, which he becomes the business manager of. Mm-hmm. And he does a good job. He does a great job. And even after finding out Oliver's secret midway through the first season, mm-hmm. he still maintains the, the business. And you find out in an episode when he and Oliver have their big fallout. And this is when they decided uh, it was the episode where Count Vertigo uh, made Comes his comeback. Back. Well, yeah. Not really, but he was not back. Really. Um, Tommy gets accused of selling drugs in the club by mm-hmm. a disapproving detective and father of his girlfriend. Okay. That's already frustrating for him, but he keeps it down, holds it in, finds out that he bribed a, I think state Senator to help the club get passed in the codes more than likely. So Oliver can have a secret layer down there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Takes that fall. Number two, Oliver doesn't, Oliver suspects that he might actually be selling the drugs. Yeah. And then he decides to get on Oliver and say, hey, look, I know what you do. How dare you judge me for what I'm doing? And you're also wrong. Then he quits the club and says, I have a little bit too much self-respect for that. This is something important to me, but for you, it's just a cover. When he did, after that argument and he quits the job, I literally lifted my arms and air was like, I like Tommy. Yeah. I like Tommy. This dude put, put up with so much junk this season. So much stuff. And maintained who he was. Stay true to what he thought was right. Mm-hmm. Did and the right thing several times did, when he did not want to. Did not want to do it. <laughs> he knows that Oliver is the hood. Mm-hmm. And he knows that Oliver has a thing still for Laurel. Which, by the way, Oliver, look, man. Look, look, bro. 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 Back <laughs> up, man. Back up, man. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll get into the Laurel aspect of this in a Oh, second. my God. Going out to lunch, Lance? Yeah. Lunch dates? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. But yeah, no, no. C- c- please, please. Get, get us back on track with Tommy, man. Because I'm just ready to yell at Laurel <laughs> and, and, and Oliver. Because, my, my Lord, these two. Yeah. These no, two. No, but you, 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 you know, you know the Laurel, uh, taking out Laurel. Tommy's, like, his whole growth. He starts off as a laissez-faire playboy. Works himself up to being a successful club manager. And yes. then, because of his principles, stops that job 
and then mm-hmm. goes and you know he bites the bullet and goes to to work with his father because yes. in, and those two have you know kind of had kind of mended fences uh because earlier like on his birthday his dad stops by uh trying to also mend mend a little bit of fences he is Mer- Merlin you know his father is impressed and surprised at how well Tommy is doing in his post richness you know yeah. what I mean? And it, which, which is also kind of interesting. And it got, kind of shows Malcolm like being a real person, like, you know, like, you know, father proud of his son for doing some stuff. And he yeah, even he says several a times, no bad guy. Yeah. He, one no bad guy. Yeah. And he even says a couple of times, he's like, I'm proud of you that you're, you know, you have kind of making your, you know, a name for yourself. So like, yeah. you know, good for you. And so, you know, that allows them to kind of meet somewhere in the middle and start to repair mm-hmm. fences. And they kind of become closer after he gets, you know, after Malcolm gets shot. And from then on, like, you know, he ends up giving Tommy a job at his place and things only really like deteriorate with those two's relationship once the truth and everything falls apart at the end. Mm -hmm. But up until this point, like they started off in a low place and they build themselves up into a a, into a pretty workable, respectful one. Just as Tommy started off in a probably not the best of circumstances, good for him, but good for if Mm -hmm. you're you know not the best person and works himself to being a pretty successful and stand up guy for the most part. I think what I think why these two characters work really well is because their first interaction is like as we just went over disapproving dad. Yeah. The disapprovement, like his his reasoning was justifiable. To this mm-hmm. point, we had seen Tommy and what he said was absolutely right. Yeah. You're just taking advantage of all you have. You don't take anything seriously. I'm gonna cut you off so you can learn what life's really about. Mm-hmm. Right. And he does. Like he wasn't just being a cruel dad saying, I hate you. I'm taking your money away. He was there to teach him a lesson as parents should. Mm -hmm. And he learned from his dad, grew up, matured, and then they reconnected at the end. And you're like, oh, this is great. Unfortunately, your dad happens to be a psychopath. But, (laughs) you know, and your best friend is clearly a psychopath too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Rough go for that guy. My guy Tommy, man. My guy Tommy's had a rough one. Just a little bit. He had a rough season. He had a rough season. No wonder he moves to Chicago. No wonder he goes to Chicago. Sports that sweet beard, too. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Rhodes. Yeah, he goes to the Chicago verse. Check it out, y'all. The Chicago verse. I it's highly recommend it. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I mean, yeah, these, these, these characters are not one note, even though they presented themselves very much as one note when you first see them. Mm-hmm. We're introduced to Tommy. We're like, okay, we got this guy figured out. Complete 180 at the end of the season. We see Malcolm. Okay, we kind of understand what he is, but then he ends up being so much more. And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't suspect that. Um, yeah. Just, you know, and they just do a great job. These are two actual characters that are believable in this comic book world. Mm-hmm. The plan even, I remember the plan revealing Malcolm Merlin's plan. I was even like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of cool. I like that. You know, like mm-hmm. even his plan didn't seem too far-fetched for like the realism stillness of Arrow season one, you know? Yeah, that's true. We'll talk about when we talk about the finale, but that is also uh, very, very much inspired by the the Nolan verse. But we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we'll get there. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, a lot, okay. a lot of things. Yeah. Arrow season one was still very much trying to be Nolan. Uh-huh. Yeah. But no, I mean, um, yeah, Tommy and Malcolm Merlin, great characters, man. Good. Um, question for you about Malcolm. So, you know, we Robert kind of touches on it a little bit, like in, the, in those flashbacks, but like. Prior to 
the tragedy that that befell Malcolm. What do you think his relationship was like with those other rich people, like their group, their their little social circle, like the Queens, yeah, I mean, the Merlins, and you know, Mister Lau? Um, yeah, I'm quite good, Walter. With um, which he he says a version of that in this season, yeah. which I'm just like, guys, come on, man, come on, guys, come on. You took one of the you took a memorable character from the best movie out of the trilogy, and you're like, you're gonna put him in your okay. Come on, guys, come on. No, um, it's funny because I think I think the way Robert explains it, I think Malcolm probably had a god complex. He was probably an elitist dude, but he had a little bit of um of uh I mean, well, I don't I don't want to know if his certain interest in trying to save the glades was because of his wife's murder, or if that's maybe what he was like. We do know that his wife had a clinic down there. Yeah. So hopefully these two shared similar interests and they probably had a heart for doing things like that to begin with. Yeah. I would think, and this is just me trying to like piece together a character that I'm just trying to make up here on the spot here. I would think that his reaction to destroying the glades as visceral as it was, was probably because he cared about it in the first place and it hurt him. Got it. Okay. So I think that he was probably had, I mean, you know, but that, that also conflicts with his God complex. I, I, I want to think that these guys are just a bunch of rich people just kind of being rich. Yeah. And then. But he, you know, Mr. Was it Mr. Was it Mr. Lau? Mr. Lau's daughter was raped in the Glades. I mm-hmm. believe he said. He what was Robert's attachment to the Glades? Was it his 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 factory going his down? His factory, yeah. His factory. Okay. So it looks like they all were doing things to invest in that area, mm-hmm. and it probably just didn't work out. And it backfired and on him. It backfired, and I guess rich people think, well, let's just destroy it. I don't know. I'm not rich. I don't know how rich people think. Yeah, or at least these rich people thought about <laughs> these it. These rich people are wild. Yes, they are. I think it would be a better character for Malcolm if he wasn't like a psycho through. Like, that broke him. That's my thoughts. What, do, what I mean, like, like are, you, are you on the same page with me, or are you thinking totally different? He was psycho from the jump? No, I don't think he was psycho from the jump. I think, yeah. he, I think he got broken. Yeah, okay. And, and I think prior to that, I think he was probably a whole lot like Robert. Which is, you know, why they were likely friends. In addition to the fact that they both are in the same like financial group, um, hanging out <laughs> on yachts. Yeah, exactly. Like they, have, you know, they just, you know, just because of their their luxury, they can afford to have friends like themselves. Yes, but I think that they also had a lot in common. You know, both like you know mentally, emotionally as well, mm-hmm. and also you know we've come to find out later they had another thing in common as well. Uh, but we'll get. Oh there. man. Oh man. I- <laughs> I can't believe I allowed myself to forget that for a second. Yeah. I was like, what are you? T- oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and speaking of two dudes going after the same woman. So we got to talk mm-hmm. about Laurel and her impact on Tommy. <sighs> okay. All right. All right. I'm stretching. <laughs> this is if you guys hear me moving, that's me stretching, getting ready. All right. Okay. Be- Please because continue. <laughs> from the very beginning of the show, like one of the last things we see in the, in the, in the, in the pilot is Tommy secretly meeting with Laurel. Yes. Right? Great, so, great twist. Your, your cute friend's here. You yeah. clearly think it's, you know, Oliver Queen. No, it's Tommy. Ty, yeah. Tommy's cute too, y'all. Tom, Tommy's cute too. All right. Continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get some love for Tommy. Exactly. And so, so right from the jump, we're like, oh, here we go. And of course, like all the usual things as you've already kind of mentioned, like we, we kind of saw this as being, oh, here we go. Classic CW love triangle about to happen mm-hmm. and yes. for the mo- you know it kind of does it kind of doesn't because oliver while he's hung up on laurel and like we see that like you know in flashbacks or you know he, 
part of it is him like still getting over his trauma and getting used to being back in t- back in town ta- in town mm-hmm. but he's not necessarily actively pursuing her yeah. for most of this of this the first season Re- rewatching season 1 it is jarring how much Oliver Queen is is actually interested in Laurel considering what the show ends up becoming I was yeah. like, man, he, yeah, he stared at the picture all day. You know, like, it was yeah. just kind of like, wow, I, I forgot. He actually really did like this girl. <laughs> he did. And yet, you know, Tommy is the one that puts in the most work to try and, oh, he, and he puts win her over in. because she's not buying what he's selling. It's clear that those two were like a thing when Oliver was gone, which is also a weird thing. Like, there's so many yeah, instances okay. of bro code being broken with the three of them. Now, <laughs> I can, here's the thing. Tommy, at the time Oliver goes missing, yeah. totally can see him doing that. Okay. Because Tommy, literally, one of the first memorable lines Tommy Merlin has in his show is, what do you miss most? Meaningless sex. Yeah. So I think that's the kind of guy that would say, well, he's dead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Laurel, though. Yeah. <laughs> as this character who is presented as the level-headed, mature one of the three of them, mm-hmm. how she was even interested in Oliver Queen to begin with is, I don't know. Yeah. She says to she says to her sister, you got caught up in his web like I did or something like that. Yeah. So you know that your boyfriend cheated with your sister and she died on a on a boat. So you in turn sleep with the best friend of your dead ex boyfriend cheating on you. Yeah. I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep all the strings together. Yeah. Right and, and and you know, and we also find out that like, you know, they all grew up together and yes. And she was with Oliver for a while, but like at the same time, if in Oliver's absence, and we don't know how sh- how quickly this happened, but yeah, I mean it was five years, a long time. It's five years, but at some point it, in those five just happened years, two months before he showed it could up, have. we don't know. Yeah, it could have, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like if if you're Tommy, it's just like were you into Laurel this whole time? We just kind of like use this as your shot did yeah. it or did y'all just kind of come together over you know while grieving or did it just happen randomly i don't know what's going on but it's it's still weird this is always on arrow after dark so we got to talk about some some relations some relations people yes she hooks up with tommy multiple times according to him uh-huh. he says you know a couple of mistakes as she says it yeah he very very, very boldly and straightforward says, hey, I want to be with you. So she plays hard to get and makes him change. Yes. <laughs> so many things about his personality and character. Now, of course, she said, hey, you know, I know your past. I know you like to mess around with girls. I'm not that kind of girl. And he's like, well, it depends on the girl. Literally saying all the right things. Take down notes, people. <laughs> he has some great lines. He does. So you do all that. And then literally it's like the writers are like, okay. We know the viewers are going to see this and think CW Triangle. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that. We're going to have them all three handle this maturely. And we even said that. We did. They handled that very maturely. They did. And then, and then throughout the season, they were like, but that's Laurel and this is Oliver. And they got to be together because <laughs> this is the Green Arrow. Yeah. And that's going to be Black Canary. Correct. And that's the way it's supposed to have been. Absolutely. <laughs> so then they're like, well, Oliver, who... You know, we'll just start making him like forget that he said, no, I'm going to back down. He's like, hey, I'll you know, meet you on a lunch date and I'll, you know, go see you and do things and, you know, be weird. And it's like, no, no, man. And then like once Tommy finds out that Oliver is the Green Arrow, like talk about like a complex mess in your mind. Like I can't measure up to this guy at all. Correct. 
and he still handles it like an adult. He does. He does. And I think I think the double whammy is the fact that like Tommy was already upset with Laurel earlier in the season when he finds out that she's been talking to the vigilante. Right. Yes. And so then when he finds out that it, like, of course, you know, he finds out that it's Oliver and he's just yes. like, oh, my God, because, you know, he's smarter than we give him credit for. He puts two together. And then when, you know, Oliver as as the vigilante shows up to save them with that little boy, he's just like, yeah. are you doing like, first of all, I found out that you went to lunch with her earlier and that's how you ended up meeting this dude and then yeah and then now you're saying you're saving us like when you probably could be out saving somebody else like what are you doing <laughs> oliver drops the news i was like oh i took her out for lunch first of all the way steven amell decided to act that scene the way he's like yeah i took it out for lunch it looked like he was trying to be like what bro what's up uh-huh like the way he presented it but then he's like oh she didn't tell you yep why wouldn't you tell him that laurel <sighs> Do you, okay look Smallville fans, it is Clark Kent's fault that Lex Luthor became evil, right? Yes. Okay. Tommy's descent in failure is Laurel's fault. (laughs) It is 100%. We just said all the things that he went through without mentioning the fact that there is a police detective who verbally abuses him and tries to continuously accuse him of crimes. Yeah. In the pilot, that same detective who is the father of Laurel says, Hey, did you, <laughs> did you drug anyone recently? Yeah. As if he was going to take some girl home and take advantage of mm-hmm. them. The episode we're referring to, he said, Hey, you're clearly stealing money to sell vertigo in your club. And like trying to, like he takes all that on the chin. He does. This dude had his dad belittle him, mm-hmm. cut him off. His best friend is distant. And as he says, a mystery to him. Then he finds out, that the girl that he likes, which happens to be an ex-girlfriend, is now obsessed with a vigilante. Okay, cool. Oh, wait, that vigilante is also now Oliver. Crap. Oliver now kills people, but I work for him. And she want like, how does this guy, like, dude, Yeah, I'm getting stressed out talking about it, and it's not even real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He went through a whole lot more than people realize, I think. He had a rough season one. He had a rough go. He, he really did. And, you know. I, I think this is actually the sweet release of death. I think that was a sweet <laughs> release of death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He needed to go. He had lived so much life in about six months. He he really did. And and again, like he, he, he you know, as, you know, as even Laurel says, it's like, you know, you know, you, you know, you, you surprised me, Merlin. He surprised, yeah. he surprised me, you know, from like the earliest days all throughout the series, like, you know, the way he stood up to his, his father, uh, when, when, when he became like angry, Tommy, I was like, Hey, mm-hmm. who is this guy? Yes. Five o'clock shadow. Uh, Tommy is the best Tommy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then like when he breaks up with Laurel. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, interesting. Yeah, no. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He didn't say he didn't deserve that. He yeah. just... <laughs> this dude. Now, however, his, his breaking up with, with her though, like while it was the right strategy, he shouldn't have been so uh, surprised at the eventual like outcome of that of breaking yeah. up with her. You know, a little yeah. bit later. Also, what what is stay away from the windows, folks? What are yeah. you guys doing? But you know what? That that's serious? that's honestly one of my favorite moments in TV. <laughs> is that one? We'll yeah. talk about it. Don't worry. Yes, yes. Tommy went through a lot. Uh, he he's a more in depth character than a lot of people give him credit for, and I think that's probably why. Not that I can't think of any other characters from the show that 
left and they wanted them back. Maybe, maybe Prometheus. Maybe. But like every season, people people were like trying to find a way to bring this guy back. Yeah, there was there was a, um, a legit clamoring for Tommy, and you know they kept him, they kept him dead up until the end. Like when he showed up yeah. again. You know, it was like either in a flashback or a name drop or it was him from like another Earth. Right. Yes. It was not this person until you yeah. know the end, which we'll get there, you know, when we get season eight. Yeah. This is one of those like him and a couple others down the road are, you know, their deaths are, are you know, they are not messed with. They're not trifled with. It's just like, no, it's a part of the show that they are dead. Um, mm-hmm. So. And that's that's you know that that's huge because you know comics you know comics are weird everybody so people who sh- have been dead should be dead or alive vice versa um, yes. you know there's no stakes anymore uh, so it's yes uh, so that's kind of what makes uh, some things frustrating but it's kind of crazy how Tommy being dead is a very key point of the show especially because of the way things were prior to his death because you know mm-hmm. and you know. You know, that's a, a good way for it to kind of segue him finding out about Oliver. He handled that better than I thought that they were going to have him handle it. Yes. Yeah. This one of the one of the funny things when I watch a movie or a television show and I, I can't help but think this every time. I don't know why I do it, but every TV show or movie is about an event. There's some characters and something happens. And that that that's where the story comes from. I always think. Well, they've lived a whole life up until this point where everything went crazy. Tommy grew up, you know, I mean, he lost his mom early, but grew up a nice, wealthy life and everything, you know, lost his best friend, you know, gets the girl. And then like over a course of like six months, <laughs> this dude's life yeah. gets spun around so much. Yeah. And then he dies. <laughs> That's just a wild, wild six months. It's it, It's crazy. I mean... The fact that he didn't, I mean, you, you, you don't think Tommy would go to the police mm-hmm. when he finds out that Oliver is that, especially in the circumstances, he's trying to save his dad and he does. So he kind of feels like he has, you know, a reason to keep the secret. You know, you saved my dad, whatever. Yeah. But like he he does a good job of like trying to be a present friend for him. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the the episode where he's he's looking at him, he's like, I he's like, I don't know what to think of what you'll do to me. Or what? Because if it, it actually took a, it took me back and said, "Man, this dude is 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 afraid of his best friend. Mm-hmm. Like he got his best friend back, and he's like, man, this is great. We can go back to our old days. But Oliver's nothing like he was. But he's still hanging out with him because, you know, that's my best friend. And then he finds out that his best friend is like callously killing people. He's like, he says, I don't know how you can kill people with ease and like not be bothered by it, yeah. which. Of course, Oliver's clearly bothered by it, but he doesn't show it. No, he he's a better man than me. I would have put that dude in the whew. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been in jail. And and you know, the <laughs> fact that like he Tommy doesn't doesn't rat him out mm-hmm. for starters, lies for him when when yes. Lance is, you know, is about to like basically blow the whole operation. This dude hid everything down. By, he had to have done it by himself. He did. I know. He, people to help exactly. Him. Um, and and also like he and Oliver a couple of times have a couple of honest conversations, and it seems to be like Tommy kind of gets what what Oliver's going through, but mm-hmm. I think his anger ended up taking over, and it's just like, nah, I'm just not. I'm just not gonna. 
I'm not going to mess with this, which I also understand. You know, there's, you know, yeah. there's, you know, there's shades of gray to, to things. And I think Tommy played it right in that shade. Like it wasn't a, a like, oh my God, I can't believe you lied to me type of thing. Like there was more nuance to his uh, anger at Oliver for many different things. Right. Yeah, you know, it's, that, was, that, that was totally a buildup. He's like, I, I spent this entire season of this show being ridiculed by Detective Lance. Yep. But my dad chasing this girl, trying to be friends with you, and now you have the 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 set to tell me something about me. Yeah, no, nah. no, nah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's and especially after he's kept yeah. a secret and lied for him, like yeah, put himself on the line. He did, like that. You know, it's it's it's, it's and the club was important to him. Mm-hmm. He was good at it, and and it, and, and he, most importantly, it represented his coming of age. Right, like him, yeah. him coming into his own as a as a as a fully realized adult, and Laurel and Oliver messed it up. Yeah, yeah. They just they looked at each other and said, "We're two attractive people on a CW show." Yeah, and we got to do what we got to do. You know, I, I can't I can't <laughs> fault them for being that, but you know, um, it is what it is sometimes. And unfortunately, Tommy, the other you know attractive CW actor, is just you know. Got dealt the wrong hand. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which which goes on my, my offshoot rant that I've always ranted that Laurel Lance should not have been a character in season one. It should have been another girl that could have left and Laurel Lance should have came in later and not have known them their whole lives because that just makes it awkward. Then she would have been the real Black Canary. But, of course, the show didn't do that. We wouldn't have had the best Black Canary, Sarah Lance. So. Coming, coming soon, yeah. everybody. Coming soon. Coming soon to a podcast. Okay, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... We, I, I, th- I think, I think we both enjoy these, these characters. Mm-hmm. I liked, um, like I said, I think Malcolm stayed a little bit too long, but, um, I was surprised when he came back. Yeah, because at the end of the season, he he's presumed dead. He is, uh, but yes. but again, kind of like I said earlier, I think his presence in season one is used appropriately, especially since he's you know he turns out to be the big bad as is revealed and it was at the mid-season finale what becomes customary uh for the cw shows is to reveal the, the it big becomes bad. a joke in the own show it becomes an end joke in the show it does it really does detective lance says it must be may yeah mm-hmm. one episode during the season finale yeah <laughs> so uh but you know i think the way he was used was it was used well and we got to see him both as you know businessman business tycoon malcolm merlin and we also got to see him as you know the, his associate as he called him didn't even go, call himself Doc yeah. Archie. he was just an associate um which uh, which i think is great um uh, now do you have any favorite moments of the two merlins in season one two um favorite moments of i mean tommy I, it's 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 funny. It's 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 back during Douchey Tommy. Okay. One of the things he says it just makes me laugh every time, even though I know it's coming. It's when they go to the club, and they're about to get in that fight, mm-hmm. and he's trying to stand up for Oliver. And he's like, "You got to go through me." And he's like, "You are about to go through me." And for some reason, I've never heard anybody say it like that because you know that that you know that's used before. You know, you got to go through me. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, oh crap, I made a mistake or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he's like, "You guys are about." It just just made me laugh. Yeah. Um. I, as for Malcolm, I like his reaction to when he pulls off the hood and sees that it's Oliver Queen. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. He genuinely looks like, oh, no, like, come on. I like, I don't want it to be you, Mm -hmm. you know, um, 
and that's where I was like, oh, because he's known this guy since he was a kid. Yep. And he's not looking to hurt these people. He's looking to hurt those people. Yeah. And, and you know, he probably thought that Oliver was, he thought the hood was probably from the Glades or something, you know, like, yeah. the fact that he was like, I'm not looking to hurt you. I'm looking to hurt them. And you, you know, so it's, it, it was, it, it made me like him. Like, oh, okay. I, I, it was kind of cool. Well, you know, that you bring up an interesting point because like, you know, he, that, re- at that reaction, he's like, oh no. When he sees that it's Oliver. Yeah. And it's like, Bro, like you're you you put the bomb on the Queen's Gambit, like yeah. So <laughs> you, it's like you tried to do this like already. <laughs> you tried to kill yeah. this dude already, and then you just you know you kind of became cool with him being around. You know they had some interesting you know interactions with, as the two of them is between you know Oliver and and Malcolm. I always like when all the characters just kind of like look at him and they all kind of like stiffen up for a second. They're just like Mr. Merlin. <laughs> yeah. um, again, like we we all have had that interaction with 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 a, an adult uh, where you you kind of straighten yourself up and like you know, my father-in-law yeah you know <laughs> um and you know you just you just that's just kind of what you do like and it's and it's understood that that's the respect you pay to this particular adult and i just yeah. think it's funny how all of them did that like whether it was you know, like laurel did it thea did it oliver did it of course you know tommy you know sort of did it when he was calling him like you know dad but he mostly just referred to him as like, my father but yeah that's an interesting in, interesting uh thing I, just, I thought of with that it's like he already tried to kill this dude and then he's like shocked when he sees him yeah. he's like oh it's you <laughs> dang it that is pretty funny yeah so what about you man what do you got for those two well for tommy mine is back in in earlier arrow as well and this is it's the christmas party and uh when uh, when it's either oliver or laurel that asked like you know for a little bit of uh for like you know ask for a second so they could talk about something and Tommy's just like, all right, I'm going to go get us a couple of drinks and drink both of them because he knows that yeah. the situation's awkward. <laughs> and again, that's just yeah. a really funny line. And I'm just like, that's he has a good line. Yeah, man. that's that's really good. And like like the appropriate humor for for the situation, I think. Yeah. Um. So that was my probably my favorite Tommy moment. And then uh, for Malcolm. It's a. Uh, it's right before the moment you, that you just mentioned. It's when he catches the arrow and it takes Oliver by surprise mm-hmm. in, in his office. And he proceeds to whoop Oliver in his street clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, dude, dude is in his business suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kicking Oliver's ass yeah. in his office. And, like, he, yeah. he fights him with a different level of ferocity than, uh, than we've seen up until this point we've seen oliver do it a a little bit more smooth but like malcolm was going for kill shots on all of those all of his moves right like he Mm -hmm. was going to he was looking to put him down it was just it was a good fight you know oliver versus malcolm two uh the first one was good uh good fight Mm -hmm. even though and oliver loses badly this one oliver puts up more of a fight but is still taken to task (laughs) uh but like that, that initial him catching the arrow because at this point we know that he is you know the dark archer yeah we know who he is but oliver does oliver doesn't and so the reveal again once again they, they they've aced it with the reveals for this dude uh because you know oliver he's like how about you and he, he shoots the arrow and then this and then the cut and we see that he catches it and we're like oh man that is so good and it just shows you how then good he proceeds yeah to beat the hood's butt in some slacks yeah basically <laughs> it, it's super impressive but I love. I also love that trick of like oh, that they use in the show, that because that kind of becomes a thing. If you can catch the arrow, that means that you're really a formidable opponent. 
because uh, we only yes. saw fake Des- Deathstroke catch it um, earlier in the season in the flashbacks. Yeah, so, fake, um, fake Deathstroke. But you know, it was you know again like you know good for them for having uh, having something that they've already established on the show and then using it later. Yeah, I mean they they use that in the final fight. Doesn't he put an explosive on? Yeah, it? he does. Yeah, he, he tricks them because he's like, yeah, I know you'll catch uh-huh. it. So you know, so it's just. That's just Green Arrow being smart because our characters are smart in the first season. That's right. They're very smart. That's right. They forget about that uh, as we go down. They forget the line. about a lot. <laughs> but don't worry, y'all. We get a lot. Don't worry, y'all. We're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, these misses and non bullseyes uh, later. Yeah, I'm gonna start slurring during those seasons. I'm gonna be drinking during them. We might have to. I'm. A, we, I, we might have to. Where's Wildcat? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I think. There's oh I, I I about to say there's something I do every episode and I forgot I forgot I asked the question every episode but I, this time I'll just ask where's Wildcat where's Wildcat at yeah where's he at he's in the new show now he, he's in Star he is in Star Girl um he's in Star Girl so well but it's, he's there now that's where he is but the thing is it's it's not him though and it, it's it's a it's, it's, it's not it's a it's it's a it's a, a superhero and it's a it's a female Wildcat no oh, man I'm pretty sure comic book fans are mature enough to handle that right absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh man, what what else? We we got anything else to say about these about these two characters, man? I mean, we've gone in depth on them. We both we both like them. No, uh, we'll you know we know we've we've hinted that and and alluded and talked kind of around and a little bit through Tommy's death, but we'll we'll spend a little bit more time on that when we talk about the finale. Yes. Yes, I'm saving all my I'm saving all my, all my thoughts on that. Yeah, we'll save all that, my questions about that, what but, you think about that. Uh, but yeah, but like all we need to know is that the, both of them, these these two integral characters, have have an arc throughout the first season, and they mm-hmm. both come to a seemingly to their seemingly end at the end of the season, which is also yes. kind of interesting. They they yes. they kind of run parallel to each other, doing similar things but in different ways, uh, which is mm-hmm. very neat of the show to kind of make it that way the tale of two merlins malcolm great villain tommy great character mm-hmm. um bullseyes for me on both of those guys i i would have to agree i would have to agree i i enjoyed both of them and, and especially because like i liked malcolm from the beginning didn't think that i was gonna mm-hmm. like tommy and then oh yeah grew to love tommy as as yeah. as all the fans have so it, it works out that way it works out well that way. yeah no yeah that's good. Yeah, no, I was I was I was extremely hard on Tommy in the first couple of episodes. Even the first episode of this podcast, I was kind of trashing him how much I didn't like him. But I think I may have mentioned in that episode also that I ended up really liking him. Um and it's because he he evolves. He changes with the show. Um he changes with the circumstances. He learns from things and grows. Um something that a lot of characters in CW shows don't do. They they really don't. They don't change. Once you know who they are, that's who they are the whole time, mm-hmm. regardless of what happens. Yes. Yeah. No, it's it, it, it's good to see that this is still great error writing, and um, Tommy's death had weight and it meant something, and it wasn't used just to, it wasn't used as something just to subvert our expectations or surprise us. Although it did those things, yes, it wasn't done for the sake of just correct. That. But that's also me getting into the finale. I will stop talking about that now. <laughs> I think that'll do it for this episode's discussion on the Merlons. Yeah, we both. Are shooting bullseyes for those two. We're batting a thousand on the show right now. I think. So far, so far. Can, well, well, once again, we just got to mention Cal Vertigo. That 
That's our curve. Cal Vertigo wasn't good. There, I said it. Yeah. Oh, oh. As far as ep- yeah, as far as episodes go, yeah. Like you know, like you know, yeah. don't think that just because these episodes that we're doing have all been bullseyes does not mean that every episode of the of season <laughs> one was a bullseye. Yes. We we do acknowledge that. Yes. Don't worry. We 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 have a treat for everyone at the end of the season, and we'll 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 get to we'll we'll get to. So if you're like, man, I really want to hear them like rag on something because these guys are just really on a, like a love fest. I think they're going to start making out with the show, <laughs> which that very very much could happen. But um, don't worry. You 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 get to hear us unleash on our on our issues with season one. Yes, and uh, we're going to save that little surprise for the end. Of the season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what we call a tease. One hundred percent, y'all. <laughs> Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Always Hold On to Arrow is part of the Always Hold On to Network of podcasts and brought to you by listeners like you. For a full list of patrons, listen to our flagship show, Always Hold On to Smallville. Always Hold On to Arrow theme music is by Lance Laster, and our podcast art is by Tom Gerke. You can follow us on Twitter at Do Not Fail Our Pod and send us an email at alwaysarrow at gmail.com with one R. Thank you for listening. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.